You're listening to MHD Off the Record. On this episode, we are speaking with historian and heritage conservation consultant, Dr. Allison Rose Jefferson, about the importance of honoring the historic African-American experience in Los Angeles. She is author of the book, Living the California Dream, African-American Leisure Sites During the Jim Crow Era, which examines how African-Americans pioneered leisure through their attempts to create communities and business projects in conjunction with the growing African-American population. She is currently working with the California African-American Museum as a guest curator of the upcoming February 2023 exhibition, Black California Dreamin', which highlights Black Angelinos and Californians who work to make leisure an open, inclusive reality. Enjoy the show. Happy MHD Off the Record, everybody. We're uh, proud to be on here. We're sitting here, we're very excited. We're sitting here with uh, Dr. Allison Rose Jefferson, uh, one of Los Angeles' uh, black historians. Uh, not too many of those folks. One question that I have that I want to bookmark for later after I ask these other questions, but no signature or consummate book on Los Angeles black history. There's books about portions of it, but there's just not a almanac or a just an overarching narrative. I'm very curious about why that is. The closest you get is the, the uh, Easy Rollins novels. No, actually, um, it is kind of segmented, mm -hmm. but the actual history book that was done on Black Los Angeles is by Doug Flaming, which is called Bound for Freedom. Huh. And he looks at um, the uh, Great Migration from the early part of the 20th century to World War II. Okay, and so then, that's... And then there's Josh Sides' book, who looks right. at uh, Los Angeles history from World War II forward. I mean, you know, we got a lot of history here. We do, so, we do, um, we do. You know, those two books, if you yeah. sat down and read If you put them together, read I those. guess. And then also if you look at, uh, because Easy Rollins and, and um, our man... Um, Walter Mosley? Walter Mosley. Yeah. He gives us wonderful caricature yes. about Los Angeles. And he does infuse his story. Yes. And he has great yeah. texture in terms of the neighborhoods, which you know, I love right. about his work. But uh, then the other book is uh, the three that I would say. So I've mentioned Sides, I've mentioned Flaming. And then uh, the other one is, um, the, it's a, a, a collective volume, El Dorado, what's, oh, I'm spacing on the name of it, but Quintar Taylor and um, ah, a professor who taught at Fullerton. So huh. if you've got those three books, you feel like you those have a taken good, together. You have you a good kind of overview of yeah. Los Angeles history. Um, and then there are the sub uh, kind of niche or books that have uh, things that uh, are looking at specific things, like my book, which is Living yeah, the California Dream, African-American right. Leisure Sites during the, uh, during the Jim Crow Era, where I kind of give you a broad breadth of right. the history of the city um, in terms of the African-American population and then go into details about these suburban communities that um, aren't covered in the books that I mentioned, um, which people forget that there were black people that were living in other places in Southern California um, in ones and twos. And uh, we weren't all in Los Angeles right, or that's San right, Francisco. That's right. That's right. That's right. In fact, many people would argue maybe not even primarily for a period of time there. There's also another one I like is Warmth of Other Suns. And a, that's a wonderful yeah. book uh, by Elizabeth Wilkerson because yeah. she gives you... Uh, Isabel Wilkerson. I, I meant yeah, Isabel yeah. Wilkerson. Yes, exactly. She gives you a wonderful kind 
kind of um, view of the great migration in terms of African Americans moving to various parts right, of right. Uh, the country. And she chose uh, uh, Dr. Ooh, for the West. I'm spacing on his name. Yeah, right he now. went to Morehouse. I don't remember yes, the character's name. Yes, he went to More. Either. He yeah. went to Morehouse, and yeah. he was from Monroe, Louisiana. Louisiana. That's okay, right. Okay, the right. hotbed of yeah, right. black activism in the north of Louisiana. Yeah. Um. So he he was an interesting character, dentist. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, and from the black middle class. Yes. Um, uh, right. He's and what the, yeah. have you. He's the main middle class character. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, yeah, she she has great kind of, uh, Isabel Wilkerson has great texture in terms of her understanding of the black experience around the country. And she throws in a few other people other than um, the, the dentist that we can't think of the name of right now. <laughs> but she, Bradley, she mentions Bradley. She talks about Bradley. She talks about Ray Charles. And, yes, and, and she also mentions Willie Brown yep. in there. But her narrative was not to be specific. She sure. was just trying to give us, you know, an overview. To take us there. Yeah, yeah. that people went everywhere. Yeah. Because a lot of people forget that um, Los Angeles and California were also places that were part of the Great Migration. The West was part of the Great Migration. We just didn't have the same numbers of people going to the um, eastern, northern half of the country. Well, this is why I do this, the podcast, uh, and one of the main reasons I do the podcast is to really get on audio this story of black people in Los Angeles because it's true that not as many black people made it to Los Angeles as other big cities, but it's also true that Los Angeles was in development as black people got here. When black people went to places like Harlem, Harlem was already built, like it was done. You moved into Harlem, right? Los Angeles, black people that came here really helped build parts of it. That's right. Los Angeles is what uh, black people that moved here shaped uh, Los Angeles. From the uh, days of, uh, depending on how you're viewing black people, uh, from the days of uh, when the Spanish and the Mexican people were settling. Well, the Pobladores, half of them were. Right. And so then when you get to the American period, we were here mm-hmm. already. Uh, already. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so then you just get another version of black mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And so in the uh, and Los Angeles really is a as as you have just called out here in terms of the shaping of the area. We had different waves of how we shaped the area. And so Los Angeles really is a 21st century city. It yes. is. San Francisco is more of a 19th century city. And you can argue in terms of other places in the East, they were even earlier in terms of the city. But here, Los Angeles was developing in terms of the car culture and the streetcar culture, not the the wagon and the foot culture, whereas in some other of our cities in the United States, that footprint is there. So we are you know, seeing our larger populations movements here during the 20th century from uh, the 1900s through uh, the 1960s in yeah. different waves. Wow. Um, so we jumped right in it. I usually start off, I like to know how people grew up. Uh, what was the context? Uh, what was being talked about? What were the adults talking about? What were your friends talking about? What music was playing? What was on the television? Um, and and what was the what was your environment growing up? So I came from a home of folks who, on my mother's side, they moved to uh, Los Angeles in uh, in the 1920s. Oh wow! My maternal grandparents were they in the movie business? Were they performers? No. Ah. Um, uh, well, 
you know, maybe informally. Yeah, well, everybody <laughs> was in the movie yeah, business yeah, yeah. in Los Angeles right, in the right, 20s. Right, right, right. Yeah. But they came here. Uh, my grandfather was a, 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 a physician. He was an internal medicine doctor. My grandmother um, was a teacher, although she didn't teach school here. They um, He went to Howard, and he went down to Tuskegee to do his uh, residency in the early, uh, in the late teens, early 1920s. He met my grandmother in Birmingham. She was from, I'm sorry, in Montgomery. He met her in Montgomery. She was from Birmingham. She was teaching in Montgomery. And when they decided that they wanted to get married, they moved. They said, we want to move. And they looked around the South at some of the other big cities. And oh, it's not that much different than Montgomery. Yeah, right. (laughs) So they bought a new Dodge, and they drove to Los Angeles in 24. And so my mother uh, and her brothers, uh, their cobs, and my mother was Marcelin. Uh They grew, she and her brothers and the family was in the old east side neighborhoods around Central right, Avenue. And right, then right. they moved west in mm-hmm. the 50s. Oh, in the 50s um, already. Wow. Uh, that was uh, Well, that was about when folks, you know, some people were moving in the 30s. Right, right. Um, but yeah, but yeah. the black middle class. But, mm-hmm. but uh, and other people too. But they moved west then. And at some point, my father, uh, who came in the 50s. He was from the Baltimore area. That was where he was living. He came and my parents met. And both of my parents were college educated. And my mom taught school for a while. And then she worked in corporate America. And my dad was an educator. And then he was a small business person, too. He bought real estate. And my parents were divorced. And so uh, my dad. So, um, let me stop you. So yeah. your mom grew up here. Yes. Where? What? She, what high school did she go to? She went to Jefferson High wow, School. Wow. Okay. With yeah. The, okay. Yeah. She went to Jefferson. She went to John Adams. Okay. She went to Trinity Street Elementary okay. School. Got it. And um, and then she went to. She started at UCLA, and then she finished at Howard. Her finished. Wow. Getting her, uh, you know, undergraduate. Yeah. Then she came back and got a master's at. Cal State LA in teaching. Got it. And my dad went to West Virginia State College, which is land grant school in West Virginia. His father was a minister, and so they were living there at that point in time. So he went there, and then he went to uh, Boston U, and he started on a PhD. But then he decided he didn't really want to do that. Uh, he would have been somebody that would have gone into corporate America had that been available to him right, at right, that right, time. Right, right, right. And um, so he went into real estate, as black people did. <laughs> you know, he bought he bought property and, you know, had that as a side income. So I'm of the early generation of migrants and the later generations sure. of migrants. Yeah. Yeah. And my parents divorced and my mother stayed on the west side mm-hmm. in the Victoria Circle area and then moved further west uh, to the Miracle Mile-ish area. Yes. And my father, when he came, he settled in Watts initially because his brother was there as a Methodist minister. His brother had come out here and was living here. My dad took this tour across the country with um, his aunt who was living in Detroit. And... um, and then he came out here and looked around. He's like, oh, I'm moving. Yeah, yeah. And and so he lived with them when he first uh, was here. And then he bought some property down there at Maine and 120th. And that's where he set up his little empire. 
uh, in that area. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, bought a place in Gardena. Ah. So I lived between. So he went south. Yeah. Yeah. I lived between Gardena huh. and uh, La Brea and Pico Fairfax wow. area. Wow. Wow. And so I had the west side black middle class experience, and then I had the suburban. Yes. Black middle class experience yeah. to black working class experience. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. did the Baldwin Hills View Park, Jack and Jill, you know, all that stuff yeah. as well. And some of my relatives, my uncle, my mother's um, my mother's brother, he bought a house in Carson off 190th. In the 60s, when those Del Amo Hills house, you weren't even born yet, those Del Amo Hills houses were um, being built. Dominguez Hills wasn't even there. My, I wasn't born, but I always hear the story. My grandmother and grandfather got divorced, and my grandfather was in real estate. And she ended up being one of the people to integrate Carson. Okay. As a homeowner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And different parts of Carson, yeah. that that would have been, she was earlier. Yes. Um, it would have been like that. Like, I've met some white people who um, were down there. I mean, they were white people who were down there before my relatives yeah, got there. right. And I was like, oh, I've never met any white I've people down there before. I've never met a white person before. Carson before. But, but they were in, like, the older part of Carson. Right, okay? right, right. So my, so you're, and, and that's probably where your relative was, too. She mm-hmm. was in the older part of Carson. And yeah. there were no black people down yeah. there, really. Yeah. Yeah. And so when my uncle moved down there and we would drive down there, you know, the, the people were doing the dirt bikes and yeah, the go-karts and, and stuff. And people had horses. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All that, and my mother and my grandmother were like, "Well, I don't know why you want to live way down mm-hmm. here because we would go to Compton too because my grandmother had some friends in Compton, so we would go over to visit. They had horses. We would go over and visit them sometimes. So I, I was telling you this story because I have a sense of geography of right, Los Angeles right, that right. a lot of people maybe don't. Well, you, you know, it's know, interesting. I was asking you. Age. I, it's yeah. interesting. That's precisely why I asked you the question because I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out how you arrived at looking at the history that your book looks at. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's very fascinating and it's a topic that, you know, the average person wouldn't look at the mm-hmm. history of leisure mm-hmm. in California and the sort of black entrepreneurial participation in that mm-hmm. really what's one of the California's main industries mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and so hearing that you you know you got got one a wide swath of Southern California uh, growing up and the black community and the different black communities that Los Angeles had at that time uh, kind of provides a window into that yes so yes. when did you when did you first take interest in this in the kind of history that's in your book so you know before I became a historian, when I was a little girl, we went on two trips to Lake Elsinore. Huh. And that was something that uh, the first trip, I was really little. I was like five, six. And the water had just been stabilized up there. And so that was like around 64, 65. And we did this whole family trip. My uncles, my mother's, my mother was Marceline, her brothers are Price and Prince, and my cousins, um, we all went out there. My grandmother, my grandfather was dead by then. And I had heard these stories about Lake Elsinore because they would go there when my mother and her brothers and what have you were growing up. And so I knew something about it. And then in the late 60s, they took us on another trip 
up there to visit a distant cousin who um, lived there. She had, she and her husband had like an acre. She was a hairdresser and he, I forgot what he did, but he, they had like two acres and he, they had oranges that they grew and they had um, other vegetables. And I remember that. And I remember it was, oh, it's kind of pretty and it's rural up here. And it was just something that was in my head. And then when I went back to graduate school and I started thinking about, well, what am I going to, I got to write some papers. What do I want to write about? And I thought, oh, well, I think I would like to write, learn something more about this history yeah. of these places, of Lake Elsinore, learn more about that. And then I learned about the other places. We would go to the beach but I never thought about, other than Lake Elsinore, I never thought about places that black people went. Yeah. Um, I knew about Lake Elsinore. I knew a little bit about Valverde. I, we went up there, like somebody had a picnic or something, we went up there, but I didn't really understand what that yeah. was. Right. And the beach areas, I didn't know anything about those because when we went to the beach when I was growing up, my mother took us up to Sunset and the beach. Yeah. She liked that beach. She could park her car. There was a lifeguard. There was a bathroom. And sometimes there was a snack bar that was open. <laughs> so that was easy for her. We would go during the summer, uh, you know, and stay. I mean, not, you know, stay. Right, right, but, but you'd would, be there all day. We, yeah, and, all day. Yeah, yeah. And we'd go, you know, a few times a week because she liked the beach, and it mm -hmm. was easy play area for her, for us. You know, I never you. heard of some of the stuff I had never heard until I was researching your your work mm -hmm. and reading your book. Like mm -hmm. I had never heard of Eureka Villa. I had never I didn't I knew nothing about like Elsinore. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting how, you know, as a person I grew up here my entire life and I know very little about black LA history. And I remember a few years ago I was trying to research it and I found Bruce's Beach. And now, but even then, I couldn't find the details of what actually happened. It was very glossed over in the research that I had. I didn't have access to the books that you had mentioned earlier. Um, what I'm curious to know is, um, why do, you, in your opinion, do you feel like a lot of this information is so sparsely recognized as far as, you know, the city even, or even the county, like, really acknowledging the black history in these spaces? Well, part of it is that in terms of the way in which our educational system is designed and the way textbooks are designed, they're focusing on a national narrative. That's one thing. And then the second thing is that black history has just been erased all over the country in terms of um, books. In California, some of that is getting changed because in terms of the new uh, curriculum that they're encouraging uh, in the schools, it's to be more inclusive of all the different um, uh, people that live here and that have, cont have contributed to, um, uh, you know, making our state. The thing with our history as African Americans not being um, as recognized, since we have been told for so long that our history is not important, some people have chosen not to go go into the field right. of history mm -hmm. in general uh, to write about it because they're not that interested in the national narrative beyond what they have to learn generally in school. And then in terms of us and jobs in the history profession, 
We have been discouraged in academic institutions from pursuing jobs in history. So it's a multifaceted problem in terms of why we do not have local history um, uh, recorded in various places. Los Angeles does not have a city historical society that is functioning on the level of doing research. Huh, interesting. Okay. We do have uh, the Los Angeles City Historical Society, and they do uh, you know, various kinds of programs, but they're not like a fundraising organization that's funding research. And, we have, yeah. and we have and the- fellows and all that kind yes, of Yes, and yeah. we have, and there's other cities that do, okay? Chicago, Denver, uh, just to name two. And then the other thing I want to say is even with the Los Angeles County Museum at Exposition Park that has an L.A. section, they're only talking about the master narrative of the Spanish colonial history and the American colonial history. The other uh, theory that I have is that Los Angeles does not have an HBCU. You know, so I went to college in Atlanta and you went to Morehouse? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things is you walk in the library and they're like 5011 books on Black Atlanta from, you know, the time they first had a meeting with the indigenous people. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like and it, it down Well, to and Atlanta has a history center. That's true. That's they true. have a yeah. major yeah. history yeah. center there. Okay, so I mean, now here we're talking to my councilman. So there you go. You know, there you go. You could, you could see about trying to get some. We'll have to for look this, into that after know. we solve homelessness. Solve <laughs> <laughs> <No, laughs> well, it. Yeah. Right. After. You know, the reparations commission. I told them yeah. as well that they need to be looking at trying to fund knowledge production and fund development of it, archives. It, it, it is true, especially because this is the creative capital and the storytelling capital of the world. Uh, I think you know we have all these great stories that people don't research and and uh too often don't get told i have this story where that one day in another life maybe i'll be a historian um you know my dad's a minister so when i was a kid he was you know in graduate school and getting his degrees and after you get your degree your final degree you get designation they give you an assignment which t- uh, which brand? his assignment his assignment which, was which i forget which denomination seven day Adventist. seven day Adventist. Okay. so his uh, assignment was in a place called Sun Village in Little Rock, California. So, of course, my mom was like, what the what? Right. You think we're going where? <laughs> so we get on the road. We drive out there. It's actually in the Antelope Valley. You turn off. There's dirt roads. So you get there, and there's a black church with, like, 100 people. And you're like, what happened? Like, we're... And basically what people described is, and, and when I was, I was very small then, but the people who were there, the older people were people who had come from the South. Mm-hmm. And the way they got there was they would get on the train to come migrate. And somewhere along the train, Los Angeles sent people to tell people, we'll give you free land that you can farm if you don't come to Los Angeles. So... You know, Little Rock is, you know, Little Rock is where it is. And, and it's called Little Rock because the people were from Little Rock, Arkansas. And so all the land is acred. Everybody who owns a house owns an acre of land. And they all, they were growing stuff. And it's just like, I never 
have read a sentence about this in a history book. I only know this history because I sat and talked to those people, mm-hmm. oh, wow. those elderly mm-hmm. people. Yeah, like so, no one's. I don't know. So I can't did find they, what's written. Even in the uh, even in the local uh, history out there in Antelope Valley, they haven't written anything about. They it? haven't written anything because the thing is, Little Rock's not even a part of Palmdale or Lancaster, which is the big, oh, which are the big cities. Okay. It's right on the edge of the county of Los Angeles and Kern County, I guess, is or Riverside. Mm-hmm. One of those. It's on the edge of the county, mm-hmm. and it. Do, I mean, you know, these this place doesn't even have a town city hall. Mm-hmm. Like it's really tiny, and it's a rural village, so everybody there owns their own farm. So they're, you know, they only interact mm-hmm. for things like going to church, mm-hmm. for example. Well, I mean, that's that's a story that we should get some journalists to get out there and you know write something about them. Well, get it written. I know uh, a friend of my, a friend that I met when I was a kid, grew up, and he at least got them on video. He got people right. telling your story on video, mm-hmm. you know, as they were starting to pass away. Mm-hmm. So there's some of it at least capture. But, you know, even as I go through it, you try to find it and it's just right. It's just not right. There. I, I, I knew there's black people out in Palmdale, but yeah. I didn't know about this little community right. that you're talking about. And you want, yeah. you know, you always wonder, like, you know, Venice, This, you know, Venice has a story. There's a reason why black people were there. There's, you know, Pacoima has a story. Altadena has a story. Long Beach has a story. Uh, but there's there's so often told that's why i was so excited to to see your your work and the so the folk how'd you get there leisure so i get california i get black people i get california leisure because i started thinking about uh in terms of graduate work the uh lake elsinore um i then was like okay well i mentioned it to a few people and they were like oh well you know there was this area in santa monica and then I started talking to my uncles. They were both alive. My mom was dead by then, but uh, talking to them. And they're like, yeah, we used to do this and that in San Monica. And and then there were, uh, at that time, Douglas Flaming's book had come out. So this is 2005, 2004. And he mentioned all of the places in his book. So then that gave me you know, some ideas about things to to look at. And once when I started talking to the elders, people whose families had been here early part of the twentieth century, I, I talked to I talked to uh, Ivan Houston one day, descendant oh, wow. of Norman oh, yeah. Yeah, Houston, yeah, 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 yeah. founders of Golden State Mutual Life Insurance Company. And he said, Yeah, my mom and dad, I remember them talking about going to Bruce's Beach. You know, he just right. had a passing. Yeah. He yeah. remembers them talking about it. Yeah. That, that's it. And they went to Lake Elsinore, too. Wow. Okay. He remember. he, you know, they, they talked about that. I mentioned that, I think, in, in the book. And then um, in terms of Santa Monica with that, with Houston, we have pictures of him as a little boy. Wow. At Santa Monica with his brother and his sister. There's also, with that family, there's a couple of tin types that they have of his great grandmother and his great aunt at the beach and that would have been around 1900 wow so you know just talking to people i was able the the halvar miller uh part of the the uh lauren miller family extended family talk to him his family's been here since the 20s i talked to some of the people in venice um novelette tabor bailey she was in her 90s when she died like 10 years ago. I just found a picture of her when she was three years old, five years old, around 1900. Wow. At Bruce's Beach. Oh my goodness. Okay. She and several family members. Sure. She's five. Mm-hmm. You can look at her and you can see, oh, that's Navi. Wow. That's her, that was her nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so 
you know, it was really about just kind of going through the network of people that were around. Also, the uh, Shades of L.A. collection at the Los Angeles Central Library yes. had occurred in terms of them collecting these photographs of black and other communities of Los Angeles of color that had been left out of their collection in the 1990s. They had gotten a few photographs of all of these places that I look at in my book, Eureka Villa, Valverde, which it was Eureka Villa and then changed to Valverde, Lake Elsinore, uh, Bruce's Beach, Manhattan Beach in Santa Monica, the Bay Street Beach, um, the uh, Corona Park Ridge Country Club. They didn't get any of the Pacific uh, Beach Club down in Manhattan Beach, but there's a few things in the newspaper. And I just found a picture that somebody has in a private collection that's local of that. And so it just was really digging. And it was not so much archives, newspapers. And when I say an archive or I'm talking about at an institution. Right. It was really more like private you, collections. Sounds like you spent a lot of time at the Southern California Library. Actually, I went over there uh, once uh-huh. for Lake Elsinore, but uh-huh. they didn't really have really? anything. No. Wow. Because their, their uh, archives are really more about um, radicals. Political, pol- politics yes, and struggle. Yes, they political started struggle. in the, in the they 50s. Don't, you're right, and they don't do much on leisure. No, so, yeah. but they did have some things on Lake Elsinore because August Mamundes, who was a Jewish person who, I think he was a dentist, but he was involved with some lefties. Uh, he, he was involved with the Jewish community that went to Lake Elsinore. Okay, so Jewish people had resorts also, and one of them was at Lake Elsinore, and they had some synagogues up there too, small synagogues. And so he would go there with his family, and somebody had told me about him, and I, you know, went and talked to him. And so he he had some things over there that he had left, but no, they they didn't have um, much in that way. They have they do have some people's private collections that. you know, you'd have to really go through them, and you might find right, right. Well, that's what you really yeah. do. You you have you to might uh, find something. Yeah, you got to actually leave because they're not indexed or anything like right. that. All right. So we're at time, and I'm getting the eye from uh, our producers. Last question, uh, and then we'll go to lightning round. What do you want people to take away from your book? So everybody that's listening to this is going to go buy your book, and they're going to read it. So I want to know what you uh, what you hope they are able to take from it. I hope that people are able to take from my book that black people were here in yeah. Los Angeles and we were you know, pursuing the California dream. We came here for the climate. We came here for the picturesque outdoor offerings. We came here to buy property. And life was a little better for us here than it was in some of the places that we came from before. And that's one of the reasons why we have been able to shape the city in the way that we have from the standpoint of the elected officials that we were able to get here in the city, the business development that we were able to get here in the city. Some of it isn't as visible uh, in terms of big things, uh, like big companies and that kind of thing, but we do have a substantial middle class that is here. And even people that are poor here aren't doing as bad as some other places. Uh, You are not kidding. You you know. We just got to get our folks out of these tents. Yes, yes, yes. From that, now, that's a 
different. And that's uh, a new thing, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a different and, thing. And so with that, I, I want people to realize that, that our stories here uh, contribute to the national narrative about opening up recreation for everyone and that they are important in looking at the long freedom rights struggle and that it's not just about economic issues that we um, and political issues that we have to deal with in the struggle. We have to deal with space, public space, um, uh, space in the intellectual context of, of history and, and all of that. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much. We're with Dr. Allison Rose Jefferson. Uh, she has a great book. Make sure I get the whole title right. Living the California Dream, African-American Leisure Sites During the Jim Crow Era. Uh, it's available at Amazon and everywhere else. Um, books are sold. Um, she's also got an upcoming exhibit at CAM called Black California Dreaming, which covers a lot of the same uh, topics, but really focuses on black uh, Angelinos. Uh, also, everybody remember that we have a uh, playlist that goes with each podcast. So I think going back to Cali, uh, Biggie's version will be on the playlist. We'll we'll ask uh, we'll ask our guests for other uh, submissions. But uh, lightning round, so you have a half a second to answer. You got to answer right off top. We're trying to build a compendium of places, people, and things around South LA that uh, stand out for folks. Favorite song that represents South LA. Oh, the Dr. Dre song, uh, California. To, yeah, oh yeah, California Love. California Love. I love that song. All right, there you go. See, there's another record. All right. Yeah. Favorite place for leisure in Los Angeles? The beach, generally. The beach, the Pacific Ocean. Excellent. Mm -hmm. And then favorite book. We probably already covered this. Favorite book about black L.A. history. Oh, I don't really have a favorite book, but I, all the ones that I mentioned, uh, Flaming, um, my book. Yes, there you go. How about that? Your book. There you go. That's the lightning round answer. Your book is a favorite book. Thank you so much for being uh, with us today. And thank you so much for helping illuminate our history and shine light on our past. I think it's so important as we, we work towards building for the future, uh, our ability to think about what people left for us helps inform uh, what we leave for the next generation. So thank you so much, Dr. That Jefferson. That is exactly it. Yes. Excellent. Thank you for listening to MHD Off the Record. And special thank you to Felicia the Poetess Morris of Morris Media Studios in Lamert Park. For more information, please visit mhdcd8.com and follow at mhdcd8 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to rate us five stars, subscribe, and share with a friend.